It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You can now listen to Restoration Place on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or by downloading the Spreaker app to your phone or tablet. This week at Restoration Place. When God makes you a promise, it has to happen. Yes. Because he's only promising based on what he already sees done. So he's not promising you something, Lena, and then he has to go back and put everything together. He is looking at your future. See, we are in our present. That's why we get so anxious. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Welcome to this place of restoration. of Restoration Christian Ministries, John Baysmore Jr. I know I say it every week, but I, I really mean it. I, I wish to inspire you is really growing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not just growing in numbers, but I mean, the people that are sharing it, you know, it's a real diverse group of people that are sharing it, and um, it's, it's just a blessing. I, last week, from if I'm not mistaken, we were almost at 7,900 views, and that is As our viewership grows, as our um, subscribers grow, of course, you know, the uh, audience is going to grow. And that is really the intent, is to get the gospel. And this is what I was sharing last week as well when we were at Ella Bragg's church. The intent of the gospel is to spread it all over the world as much as we can with as many people as we can as soon as we can because the time is drawing nigh. Before I pray... I want to acknowledge, uh, I was listening to something and it kind of stirred me up, and I want to really preach what the Spirit, no, I'm going to not even preach, but talk about what the Spirit of God gave me, but I was watching this video, and for those of you that may want to look it up, uh, it's called um, Police Officers Interrupt, I, I, I get you the name, but anyway, it was a guy over in, um, in Great Britain. And he was a street preacher and he was ministering the gospel and uh, the cops came and they had this big to do and but I was watching the reaction of the people and this is supposed to be Great Britain in many ways is just like the United States as far as freedom of speech and things like that but you know to see the way that the people were reacting to the gospel not just not wanting to agree but the meanness and the bitterness and the anger over just the gospel being preached I mean and he wasn't saying anything unusual just the regular gospel and then there was another guy I believe he was in New York and uh, both of these guys were African American and uh, I was watching the um, 
the reaction of the people, and they were, you know, particularly some Caucasian people, they were really, I mean, in his face, and this one guy kind of reminded me of a situation in a bank pet where this guy came in and started calling the tellers uh, niggers, and uh, y'all know I didn't kind of take too lightly to that. But then he started getting in the manager's face and pointing his finger at the manager. Well, it was a situation just like that. With this guy, he was pointing his, I mean, he was pointing his finger. And I was applauding the patience and the, um, and the, the way the guy just withheld his, his anger. Because, I mean, I probably would have reacted a little differently because that was pretty... It's pretty blatant. I mean, he was literally in the guy's face, and he was talking to someone, and the guy kept getting in between, and then he started. Yeah, and I, all I saw was just demonic activity. And I said, I, I said to myself, I was going to mention this to you guys because I want us all to be aware of the time that we're living in. We are living in an unusual time. It's not the way that it used to be, where people actually respect preachers and church and ministry and. You know, even synagogues, they, they have, it's just no respect um, the way that it used to be. And that, that less, and then it gives a license to people to be disrespectful. When you have the leader of the country that does disrespectful things, then it just brings all like little termites. It brings them out of the woodwork and they, they're just all over the place. So, you know, I, I pray that you guys would never allow yourselves to take down what you believe in to stand firm on the gospel of the lord jesus christ because that's what we are going to be held accountable for so i want to talk it's so funny when corbett was uh giving his sharing his praise report i was i'm um, talking about today um i forgot my own title uh, delayed manifestation <laughs> delayed manifestation so it just made me think about you know with some of your testimonies how you know, even trade so how sometimes you know you don't really you're waiting for things to happen but there are some things that happen in the meantime and it's the in the meantime things that i want to talk about today so let's bow our heads father we thank you and we're grateful for everything that you're doing never ever do we take for granted the presence of your holy spirit and your ministering angels who guard and protect your word we thank you for the anointing that you give us by your spirit who works in us and around us and through us and we believe in that your word will come forth in power under this anointing, that people will be saved, healed, delivered, and set free from every yoke and every bondage. I bind every wicked spirit in the name of Jesus that do not belong in this place. Every familiar spirit, I command you to leave now in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray that you will build a hedge of protection around about us, that no weapon formed against us will prosper. And I believe that we receive everything that you have for us today in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want you to go to your Bibles in the book of the book of Daniel. So we're talking about delayed manifestations today. And I want to give some examples because, you know, guys, I've always said, even when I was in seminary, the best way to get the gospel across is through examples. I mean, you can preach and you can give word, but at the end of the day, when you give examples, these are things that people can relate to what you're saying. They have something to put it into perspective. So in the book of Daniel chapter 10, a familiar story. I'm going to just start reading a few verses. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name also was called Belteshazzar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long. Did y'all hear that? The thing was true. 
but now the time appointed that it would happen was long. And he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And in the four and twentieth day of the first month, as I by the side of the great river, which is a decal, then I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine goals of euphas. Uh, his body also was like beryl, and his face was as the appearance of a lightning, and his eyes were as the lamps of fire. And his arms and his feet were in color to polished brass, and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. So now Daniel waited. Uh, he prayed. He fasted. Uh, he committed himself to sacrifice, uh, to praise, the sacrifice of praise unto the Lord while he was waiting for his answer. I know, I don't know if you have ever had this experience. I kind of know the trade did just from his wife's testimony. One of the things that y'all may not know about Darlene, she absolutely hates traffic jams. I mean, but it's on another level with her. It, it is, it's amazing to watch her in a traffic jam, you know, particularly when she's driving. You know, now when I'm driving, it's easy because she puts that head back and she just goes to sleep. But now when she's driving, it's on a whole nother level. And I can even look at her body language just to see how she, and the thing she says, you know, you're like, is this my, my little innocent, precious Darlene? <laughs> Who are you? But it, it affects her in such a way because she has such a desire to get to where she's going. And she can't for the life of her understand why all of these people are on the road. And she asked me, where are all of these people going? I said, well, where are you going? <laughs> I mean, like it's, you know, like it's wrong for them to be on the road so, because she's trying to get someplace. But this is how, this is how we are. We get very impatient with the things that we want. And we want it right now. We don't want to wait. We don't want to endure. Now we say, I'm going to endure to the end. But we are complaining the whole time. So now, it, it really makes a difference because... I, you know, I wrote some notes down because you have, have you ever been studying and the Lord is giving you a word and you start laughing yourself and you say, oh, this might be funny to the people. But, but it's not funny, but it's so true. Now, it's like when you're in that traffic jam, you know, if I'm in a traffic jam, I never think, Trey, I'm not going to make it home. I fully understand that the cars that are on the road don't know me. <laughs> they are not personally you know, trying to hold me up because I'm a preacher from getting home. They, they, have, they have no clue, honey, who I am. They don't know where I'm going. They're just as upset as I am that they have to sit in their traffic. But now, I don't get so upset that I take things out of perspective because I fully got to understand and we've got to understand that when we're waiting, it's not God saying it's never going to happen. Stop asking me. You are involved in a traffic jam in the realm of the spirit. You're going to get exactly what God promised, 
But now, when I'm involved in the traffic jam, I don't call Darlene with my last rights, Corbett. You know, and tell her, well, you know, I tried to make it home, honey, but it seems like this traffic is never going to end, so I'm just going to go and find me another wife and move in their house. This way I don't have to worry about the traffic anymore. I never say that, but this is how we act sometimes. We act as though, you know, what God said is never, ever going to happen yeah. because we are delayed. And how many of you know delayed does not mean denied? Yes, yes. When God, here's the thing. This is what, if you leave with nothing else, I really want you to leave with this today. When God makes your promise, it has to happen. Yes. Because he's only promising based on what he already sees done. So he's not promising you something, Lena, and then he has to go back and put everything together. He is looking at your future. See, we are in our present. That's why we get so anxious. You know, that's why she gets so anxious in the car, because she's looking for her future, which is, you know, an hour, probably an hour from now, getting home. But, you know, the cars on the road are holding her back from her promise. And then you stop thinking it's personal. God must, he must not be listening to me. I got to call from my son. And he said, you know, Dad, sometimes I feel as though, he said, now, I want you to understand, I haven't stopped believing. This is what people say, you know, when they're starting to waver. I haven't stopped believing. <laughs> no, this is what we do. And I know because I've done it. This is what we do. I haven't stopped believing, but it just seems as though every time I pray, God never answers me is i feel like i would rather he just tell me it's not gonna happen and i can just move on see this these are the things that the enemy wants to put in your mind because it's his job to do that it is your job it's your responsibility to stand on faith now your now listen to this your relationship determines how much traffic you run into your relationship with god will determine in the realm of the spirit how much traffic you run into let me tell you what i mean now if you have a real casual relationship with the lord like trey does you know not too deep or anything that's real casual <laughs> i love that guy but when you have a real casual relationship with the lord you, you know you're not really trusting him you are not operating in faith nigga you're hoping i hope somehow this will happen but now you're not going to get a lot of resistance you know especially spiritually because you're not a threat you're not a threat at all your relationship with god is not a threat to the demons that's in the realm of the spirit so you're not going to run into a lot of traffic in the realm of the spirit because you're just not a you're not a threat but now if you really love the lord and confess it you are living a life for Christ and you are believing God for a promise. How many of you are believing right now besides me? Now, keep your hands up. How many of you have not run into interference? Have not run into interference. That means you have run into interference. So now here's the thing. If you are not really that close to the Lord, you know, the enemy will... He will, he will come after you, but not in such a way that it's going to cause a traffic jam in the realm of the spirit because you're just not a threat. And he also knows, now get this, he also knows based on your history that you are willing to compromise 
You know, if he offers you something, he knows that you're not going to resist him. If, he, if God promised you the world, he said, well, I give you New Jersey, and you said, I'll take it. He, he knows how you are. So he knows, well, we don't have to worry about her because she's not going to live the life. Other people are not going to look at her and say, man, I want to be just like her. Then you become a threat. But now, if you have a real relationship with the Lord, when you are daily talking to him, daily interceding, daily believing God, daily speaking his word over your life and over the life of your family, then you're a threat. So now as you believe God for something, honey, the realm of the spirit, as far as your blessings, gets crowded because of, because of who you are. The enemy knows exactly who you are, just like God does. Uh -huh. He does not know you as well as God, but he knows who you are based on, you know, what things that have happened. Now, in the realm of the spirit, demons, they, they work together. They don't like one another. I want y'all to understand this because sometimes we think, you know, like the demon of... You know, demons of poverty and sickness and disease and, you know, all of these. You, we we kind of think they're just hooked up together. They can't stand one another. But they hate you worse than they hate each other. So they are willing to work together to prevent you from seeing the things that God promised just to discourage you. And if we waver. Now, God is. Now, listen, I want you all to get this. God is not going to violate his word to get a blessing to you. How many of y'all believe that? Amen. God will not violate his word just to get a blessing to you. Now, Corbin, if you're believing God for something, but you start wavering, you say, well, you know what? Well, I believe God can do it, but. Now, that's, that's where the danger comes. Whenever you say, I believe God, but there should never be I believe God and anything else behind it. Mm -hmm. It should be I believe God. That's it. But now, the moment you say, I believe God, but. You are then putting yourself in a position where you are starting to waver. Now, the word of God is clear. If you waver, who can, who can finish that verse for me? What happens if you waver? Book of James. You're unstable in all your ways, and then what's the ramification? Don't expect to receive anything from the Lord. Now, he's not going to violate that. That's his word. That's the word that he gave to James. Now, it's up to us to operate within the parameters of the things that he said. Now, if you're going to believe God, you're going to believe God. You see, I believe this. And I truly believe this, Lena. You're either in or you're out. You, you, can't, you can't be on a line of demarcation with God and say, well, you know, today I'm having a good day. So I'm going to speak the word of God. But as soon as trouble comes, then, you, you know... <laughs> I, I saw something. I, I'm, I would not dare call this person's name out. But I saw something on, on social media where a person was really giving praise to God and I thank God for strengthening me. And, uh, and the next day, not a week later, not a week later, Nikki, the next day, cussing like a sailor. I mean the F word. I mean, I mean just cursing like a sailor. And I said to myself, you see, you know, we trust God for a minute, but now the moment something don't happen just when we expect it to happen, then who we really are shows up. Because that's all that happens. You know, the person that says, you know, well, I praise God and I give God the glory and I believe God. I'm standing on the word of God. That, that's not who they are. 
Who they really are is the person that shows up when things don't go their way. That's who you really are. That's who shows up. I don't believe in people accidentally cursing. Oops, no, it's not oops. <laughs> That's what's in you. What's in you will come out of you. And how many of you know it comes out of the most inopportune times? You call yourself being, and there was this preacher. Matter of fact, uh, Bishop Kevin Knight was telling me about it. Y'all, well, I, you know the preacher. And he was in the pulpit and he was preaching. And all of a sudden, he said, he was using the N-word a lot. And he said, those D, N-word. Do y'all interpret? He said this, Pat, <laughs> right in the middle of preaching. So Bishop Knight, I mean, his wife, well, you, you remember the story. She told us about it. His wife said, did he just cuss? And Kevin said, I believe he did. But see, here's the thing. If it's in you, it's going to come out of you. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. If it's in there, it's going to come out. Let me not get too far off from that. Now, the closer you are to the Lord, the more resistance you will face. Now, in a marathon, how many of you know how long a marathon is? A full marathon. 26.2 miles. So now, I want you to know something. Now, have you ever watched the Boston Marathon or the New York Marathon on tel television? But you, you know they're different places they finish. So now, what they normally do, the best runners, they line up in the front based on their past performance. Y'all better get this thing. Based on their history of performance, they are placed in that line. Because now what they do not want to do is to place the people with the slower times in the front that's going to hinder everybody else, you know, from going forward. And this is what we do sometimes. We put the people with the less faith in the front of the crowd and holds everybody up. My God. And this is what we do. And then, and just like people, have you ever been on a highway and you're driving Let's say you're driving in the, the left lane. Now, now, if your pastor have a pet peeve, that is too. yours too, let me tell you something. Uh, my thing is this, there's three lanes. Speed lim the speed limit is 50, no, 60. Let's say it's 60 or 65. Let's say 65 on the highway. Why would you be in the left lane on the turnpike driving 50? <laughs> Why? Why, Lena? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that is the reason. Sure they do. You know, and let me tell you why they do that. Because they know, you know, other lanes have been provided for people who want to stroll home. <laughs> Everybody don't want to stroll home. Some people, not only do they want to drive the speed limit, they want to go faster. But now here's the thing, talking about putting the slower people in front of the marathon. Now, they would get in the left lane. So now, so you, I don't put on my high beams, I won't hawk my horn, you know what I do? I just politely go in the lane, go in the right lane, and pass them. And guess what happens? They speed up. 
Now, now you've made me mad. <laughs> see, before, I'm trying to do, see, this is how it is. You're trying to get your blessing, and people are blocking it. They're not going to believe God, and they're going to try to block you. Shall I calm down, y'all? Because <laughs> this thing is personal with me. They're not going to believe God, Pat. Then they're going to try to block your blessings. If you don't want to believe strong with strong faith, get out of the fast lane. If you want to wait for your blessing, that's good. I will even believe God with you. Just get out of my way. Just move. <laughs> that's all I'm asking. So now, in that marathon, they are placed based on their history in that, you know, in the front of the line. Now, they, they, this happens because of their preparation. You see, it, it's a terrible thing to say, well, Corbett says, well, you know, I've been doing some sports casting and, you know, I just got a feeling I'm, you know, kind of calling this marathon and I feel like I just want to go out there and run with them. So now, that's his right. I, I'm sure it would not. <laughs> but that's his right. His, he has a right to get in that line as long as he pays his entry fees, just like everybody else to run that marathon. But now, what he does not have a right to do, based on his preparation, is to get in the front of the line to hinder everybody else. Because here's what's happening. People that are believing God, they have been studying the word. They have been praying. They have been interceding. They've been laboring before God, turning their plate down. Darlene calls it eating rug. <laughs> they, they, they've been believing God. So now it's going to be a problem, particularly after you've done all of that training. You've done years and years of training. This, I, I've seen these guys you know, from overseas. Used to be a time that, you know, there were a certain group of people that would win the marathon. Now you got people from all different countries that are winning. But now, they are winning, trade based on their preparation. They are willing to do, y'all get this, they are willing to do what everybody else is not willing to do. Yes. And based on that, they are placed in a position where they will not only run, but they've got a chance to win. And that is what God wants from us. We've got to believe God that what he promised, he's going to make good on it. Now, I wrote this down because this blessed me when the Spirit of God told me this. Your history dictates your opponent. Your history dictates your opponent. Let me give you an example. If I'm believing God for something, and based on my history, now, I could, I could give you a litany of things straight God has done for me. Now, were, were they easy? No. It took a long time for them to happen. It took a lot of enduring. But based on my history, I know that the things God promised, he's going to do that. And because I have strong faith, the one that's going to oppose me is going to be a strong spiritual being. Your, your opponent it's going to be assigned to you based on your history of performing in the realm of the spirit. If you perform by faith and you attend the kingdom of Satan down, you're going to get strong opposition from the realm of the spirit. That is what's supposed to happen. 
because you believe God, your opposition will be strong. But now, here's why God calls us more than a conqueror. How many of y'all remember Mike Tyson? How many of y'all remember the person he was married to? What's her name? So you do remember. He was married to Robin Givens. So now here's the thing. Robin Givens trained did not train one day. Not one day did she train. She had never been in the ring and fought anybody. She had never even put on boxing gloves, to my knowledge, to, you know, to prepare for a fight. But yet, when her husband won, he was a conqueror, but she became more than a conqueror because she got the prize without fighting. The Bible says that we, Trey, uh, um, Corbett, are more than conquerors, not because of what we did, but because of what Jesus did. Now, when we believe on his finished work, then all of the rewards that he won, we get them. That's why the word of God says you are more than a conqueror because he fights and we win. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. But now, you cannot allow people to push you ahead of God's timing. Now, you've got to be very careful who you allow in your circle. Let me hear an amen for those who know it. Amen. You, you really got to be careful who you allow in your circle because here's what happens. People will try to push you beyond the time frame that God has already established. You, you, you really got to get this. Everything that God promised you in the spirit realm, Nikki, is done. Now, we are moving, I keep telling y'all we're living in rewind because we are. We are moving towards that time frame that God has already established to bless us. But now people will come into your life sent by the enemy to move you away from your patience that God has given you so that they can mess up what God has promised you. They were now. Do y'all remember the story of Lazarus when he was sick? Jesus already knew, based on his conversation with his heavenly father, what the outcome was going to be. So now he could have gotten caught up in the moment, like we do sometimes, because we wanted. Have you ever wanted something so badly you almost do anything to make it happen? And sometimes we get caught up in that, and because we get so desperate. For what we want, we start making irrational decisions based on what's happening right now. And then we allow people to get in our ear and try to tell us something different from what God has already said. And so Jesus already knew the outcome with Lazarus. And when they tried to tell him, the Bible says he didn't leave. He waited. By the time Jesus got there, Lazarus had been dead how many days? Four days. And Mary said to him, if you had been here, Lazarus was supposed to be your friend. You ever get people to try to guilt you into stuff? Uh -huh. <laughs> I thought we was cool. I thought you was my boy. You know, if you, really, if you really felt about me the way that you said, you would have been here for me. 
But it's God's design sometimes that certain people are not there so that you can see the glory of God. You need to understand that this thing is a setup. That God will allow delay just so not just you so that you can get your blessing, but so that others can see the manifestation of God. So Jesus said, and I'm sure I can almost see Trey, the look on his face when he said, well, don't you know that, you know, in that last day, the day of resurrection, you know, that, you know, they're going to raise, you're going to see him again. And well, he didn't say day of resurrection, but in that day, you're going to raise, you're going to see him again. So Mary said, well, I, I know that's going to happen in the resurrection. You know, but I'm talking about right now. Jesus is like, whoa, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm the resurrection. You, you're not quite getting what I'm saying. I'm here right now. You don't have to wait for that day to come. I'm here right now. I'm the resurrection. Now, I want y'all to get something. How many of y'all know that Lazarus was not resurrected from the dead? Or was he? Was he resurrected from the dead? He was raised. What is the difference? Resurrection, you don't die again. Jesus did not resurrect Lazarus. He raised him from the dead. Jesus himself was resurrected from the grave, and he never died again. Lazarus died again, though he went to heaven, but he did die again. And listen, I'm going to tell you something else, and I'm going to say this in closing. People want to see the manifestation of the glory of God. Yes. The one thing, Pat, that young people have not seen is signs and wonders and healings and miracles. You know, Lena, when you talk to your friends and Simone, they're trying to debate you, you know, based on things that they believe or things that they've heard. But now, there is no debating. You know, Smith Wigglesworth, you know, credited for raising over 13 people and some of them were embalmed from the dead. There is no argument for that. You can say, well, they weren't really dead. Well, let me tell you, I've never heard of a live person being embalmed. <laughs> I've never heard anything like that. They, if you go to YouTube, there's this African guy. He was dead, I believe, for three days. Was embalmed the whole nine. And I, you know, I, I was watching this thing because I had heard about this video, but I wanted to get a chance to see it for myself. So I encourage you to go to YouTube and look at it. And he was just, and they actually have it recorded. I mean, it's amazing. And they, his wife never stopped believing. So honey, well, no, it depends. I, I was about to say, you know, but you know, if I cross over, I might be a little upset with you if you try to bring the brother back so I don't, I don't know but she 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 was believing God for her husband for her husband I don't know if I'd have been that happy when I came back particularly I'm looking at all y'all ugly folks that I thought I had gotten rid of y'all and now here y'all here we go oh Lord looking at that ball here go oh my Lord that means I'm not in heaven oh Jesus but all joking aside she never stopped believing God for her husband and even at the funeral after he had been embalmed, he got up. They began to pray over him, and this guy got up. And the confused look on his face told the whole story. And I said, this is what people need to see today. Signs and wonders, healing and miracles. Yes, yes. 
You know, you might have a good word. You might be kind of smart. You might be able to exegete. All of these things are good, but there's nothing like signs and wonders and healing and miracles. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. This is what's going to happen in these last days. This is what we're going to see, Corbett. Yes, Lord. It's going to be amazing. Though the enemy is going to try to, just like he always does, he's going to try to imitate it. But you're going to see mighty works. This is, what, this is what Darlene and I be praying for more than anything. Not that we can have 2,000 members, but the ones that we have can see signs and wonders and healing and miracles. Yes, yes. And it begins with you. Yes. I mean, I'll I wait for the day where these praise reports on Sunday is the service. <laughs> my, God, my, God. my God. Can you see it, Pat? You know, it happened once before in Second Chronicles, you know, where they start, you know, believing God and everybody's believing as one. And the preacher got up to preach, but he couldn't preach because the glory was in that place. Hallelujah. I'm looking for the glory of God to be in this place that people start leaving their hotel rooms and come down and say, somebody tell me what's going on with me. Something is happening to me. I was listening to your service and something came in the room and something came over me. Please tell me what happened to me. Yes, God. Yes, and that's when we can say his name is yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. His name is Jesus. Y'all stand on your feet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. The manifestation of God's promise may be delayed. But I promise you, it is not denied. Yes, Trey, I got a word for you, man. Thank you, Lord. Not a prophetic word. But I was talking to your boy on the phone. When was it, darling? Was it yesterday or was it? Yesterday. It was yesterday. And we just got to talking about, because, you know, they, they believe in God for a home, Troy, just like we are. So I knew they were looking for a home, but I didn't, I didn't quite, you know, get the the kind of forcefulness that they, so when he started talking about it, I said, well, hold up. I said, so you're just like me and Trey. He said, well, he said, hold up. So my boy Trey, they believe in too. I said, man, you don't even know. He said, okay, I got to get in on this. <laughs> so listen, it may seem like everything that God said, nothing is happening. But now, I, I don't even have time to share with y'all the what I shared with Darlene, I ha I've had dreams of, and I think I've told you, of numbers and things like this. But I was asking God, what does I continuously, 127, 212, and 152, continuously coming before me. I was like, what? What are you trying to, what is this all about? God gave me a, a vision this past week. And the word he shared with me, I got so happy. I mean, I y'all ever see the cartoon where the guy gets so happy he jumps up and his feet are kicking in the air? If I didn't have a sword knee, I believe I could have done that. I was so excited to finally understand what all of those things, these dreams, God just brought them all together. And I was sitting at the table and I shared something with Darlene and she was trying to do something on her job uh, laptop. And I go back in the room, right? I come back about five minutes later. So finally, she was just sitting there like this, like... I'm not going to try to do it because I know he's going to be back in five minutes. I mean, the Spirit of God was just unfolding things before my very eyes. 
And I'm here to let you know everything that God said, he's going to make good on. He's, I'm telling you, he, I have not been so, I mean, sometimes you just need to breathe. What is that movie um, with Angela Bassett? She made it years ago. Waiting to exhale, yes. That, that's how I felt. I've just been, it's like I've been holding my breath. And what, how, what do y'all know about waiting to exhale anyway? <laughs> uh, no, she's been watching, right? But it's sort of like you've been holding your breath. You know, and waiting and waiting and waiting, and finally, you get to exhale. And I felt so good. I got so inspired. I mean, I got a, a decorating spirit on me. Just <laughs> driving her crazy. I, I was just sure. Oh, well, look at this. And look how this is going to look. And then I found an app where you can actually take a picture of your house and then put what you want your house to look like. It, it, it kind of like what's on that picture there can go right in your house. And man, I said, what you think about this? What you think about this? And she was just looking at me like, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> but this is what happens when God, what does the word of God say? Hope deferred, but when the desire cometh, it's a tree of life. And that's exactly what I felt like. And I pray that God, by his spirit, will reveal to you everything that he said and what he meant. Because I'm telling you, it puts you in a much different place. Amen. Let's give God some praise, everybody. Introducing Minister Thomas Gilbert with the final word. Good evening, everyone. Today, I want to talk about the intimidation of your success or the threat of your success. And I know that's a weird title uh, to kind of give this little snippet. But when you go to uh, the book of John, chapter 12, starting around the ninth verse, just to give you a little background before we peer into the verse, uh, Jesus has already raised Lazarus from the dead. In John, chapter 12, though, we start to see where Jesus comes to Bethany and Lazarus is there and Jesus is having a basically a dinner or a meal, so to speak, with his disciples and many people who have come to see uh, Jesus and Lazarus. Uh, and so Mary comes in and she uh, anoints his feet and washes uh, his feet with her hair and, and her tears and, and Judas Iscariot. And we always pay attention to those things. But there's one little verse that's tucked away down in there where it talks about the chief priests and what their ideologies were in this um in this in particular story. And so in verse 10, it says, you know, all of these people are gathered here and it says in verse 10, but the chief priest plotted to put Lazarus to death also, because on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. Here's the funny thing. You would think that many people would be happy for Lazarus. He was dead and now he's alive. And you would think that, um, that these chief priests would come to believe because it put away the silly stereotypes and traditions that they had. And it actually brought validity to who Jesus said he was. He had raised somebody from the dead who had been dead, not one days, not two days, not three, as they say, the spirit hovers over the body for three days, but he had been dead for four, which means there was no spirit left. There was no, there was no gimmick to this. He was dead and buried for four days. And Jesus rose him from the dead. That is success at its pinnacle. And yet these people sought to kill Lazarus because his success validated their wrongness. And so here's the thing. When you succeed, people will often think that it is their failure. 
your success represents their failure. This is not true, but this is their perspective. This is how they see it. And that's a hard pill to swallow. Your, your success also makes people uh, accountable. They will have to do more in order to succeed. They will have to possibly do what you did in order to succeed. And they don't know what that is. And instead of coming to you and asking you, what did you do to achieve this? What did you do to, and, and it's simple for, for the most part, you probably just prayed. You probably read, you probably, you know, fasted and, and got with the Lord and, and sought him out and he blessed you. He blessed you. You just had faith. But instead of asking you what you did, they will hate you and seek to destroy you because they think your success represents their failure. I once worked on a job and uh, whenever I, I am on my job, I try to be the best that I can be. Most of the people there uh, on whatever job I'm at, they know that I am a Christian. I, I witness to them. I minister to them. I talk to them about their daily lives and problems. And um, but I also try to do my job with excellence to the best of my ability. And there have been several different jobs that I've been on or that I've had where people say, hey, Tom, you need to slow down, man. You're making the rest of us look bad. But why am I making you look bad? This is always my reply to that comment is why am I making you look bad? What am I doing that you should be doing, but not? And so your success, I'll say it again, your success is often interpreted as someone else's failure. And it also holds other people accountable. It makes them accountable. They have to rethink their ideologies. They have to rethink their systems and, and their habits and what they do because they see you blessed. And in their minds, you're no better than them. And I'm not saying that that's the case. I'm just saying you're willing to do something that they didn't. And that was in Lazarus case, he was loved by Jesus. The Bible doesn't say he loved Jesus. It said Jesus loved him. If you go back to John chapter, I believe it's John chapter 11, it says Jesus, Mary, Mary, Martha and Lazarus, Jesus loved them. And so they walk closely with him. And sometimes when you walk closely with the Lord, you'll go through very low lows, but your highs will be out of this world and you will succeed in all that you do. And so I want to leave you with that this evening. God bless you. I pray that this blesses you in some way. Thank you for listening to this episode of Restoration Place on the King James Radio Network. We hope that you have been encouraged and until next time, little prayer, little power. Lot of prayer, lot of power. No prayer, no power. Have a blessed week. Celebrate Halloween with dressed up donuts from Dunkin', like the spooky sweet Halloween spider donut. Trick or treat. Aren't you a little bit old to be trick or treating? Uh, no. This is, uh, it's just a really good, uh, costume. Anyway, I hear you're giving out Dunkin' Spider Donuts? Didn't I just see you with your kid? No, that was just, uh, my friend. Psst, Dad, is it working? Run to Dunkin' all month long for the Halloween Spider Donut and get 10 Munchkin's Donut Hole Treats for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Limited time offer. Participation may vary. It's cutting into your exercise time. <coughs> it's stabbing you in the back nine. <coughs> And it's attacking your peace of mind. Oh. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. 
CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.